summon the Scream Writers Podcast, the premier podcast welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters slaying their craft. <laughs> and now your hosts. Hello, Scream Writers everywhere. I am Patrick Mediate, one of your hosts of the Scream Writers Podcast. You can find me at New York in June on Twitter, and it's 2022, yeah, and I'm joined by Katie Moyer. How you doing, Katie? Welcome to 2022. We made it. 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 Yeah, we made it. We made it. We made it. And Evie made it, too. Evie's here again, too, for uh, our New Year's yep. episode. Our new yep, New this, Year. In the New Year, she's messing up my new pages. It's oh, the boy. way we start things. I just picture her in the back just, like, throwing all of your pages in the air and just going, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. She does. She likes to tear pages out of my notebooks. See? Um, she likes to mess up my index cards. Yep. It's yeah, she's drooling. She's drooling her. over everything. Yes. Yeah, that's how it goes. But 2022, we got together, which was nice. I mean, we we actually saw each yeah. other, which was really cool. We had some coffee. We caught up. We, he's not a real person and not a bot, guys. Yeah, I'm not in a, case anyone was wondering. I'm not a bot. I believe the words um, you said when I arrived in the coffee shop was, you're much more attractive in person. Oh, did I? Yeah, I believe yeah. you said that. That's and often I said, well, how I agree. And I said, you know that. what? My photos just don't do me justice, you know, or I actually <laughs> took a shower today. So, and I was, it was flattering, but, but, you know, it was nice to see you, Katie. It was nice to see you. And we had a good conversation. We kind of thought a little bit about this year, some awesome things we could do, you know, some guests we would like to have, some grand plans, talked a little bit about, a little bit about everything. And uh, what else? What else is going on with you, Katie? Um, not much. How'd the writing go? Writing has been great. All of my stories have been started in some capacity. I tend to write very EDD. I like to do at least I have that whole 500 words a day mindset, which I mean, when I sit down, it always ends up being more, you know, sometimes I don't always want to write the story about the cannibal. Um, Sometimes I want to write the story about the possessed mirror, you know, so it's nice. Usually I'll sit down and I'll start writing something because I have an idea and I'll run with it for a certain period of time. And then coming back to it later, if I'm not inspired, it just sits. I have so many unfinished stories, mm-hmm. but this time I have this really kind of, there's always something else I can go to. So I think the way that this project that I'm doing has been, I've structured it for myself is really positive for the way that I work. It's, it comes down to like what works for you. It's not what works for everybody yeah. else. And, you know, we give advice and people on this show come on and give advice about this and that. But honestly, at the end of the day, whatever works for you and it's working is what you should do. In order to be a writer, you have to write. And yes. whatever, think, write like, whatever you King, write, write something. Yeah, it doesn't have to be think, a screenplay. Yeah, I think King, Stephen King has always um, said that is like, you can, yeah, you're, you're a writer if you write. But if you're just a person with ideas that thinks they should be a writer, you're not a writer. Mm. <laughs> so that's, uh, I always try to do just something, even if it's like, even if it goes nowhere. I have so many stories that go nowhere, but they're just, they're practices. Um, yeah. And, how did and the outlining, write. how did the, the outlining going? The outlining went very, very, very well on the new one. It's it really, really well. I'm very excited about it. It's at that stage where, you know, we're getting close to being able to get a draft out, which is really thrilling. And the lookbook for Daughters is going really, really well, too. So it's all coming together but for the 2022. We're going to hit the ground running. We got we're in festivals with Daughters. We got this new one coming out for the end of the year, then to do it all next year and boom, boom, boom. 
you know, boom, boom, boom. Before we know it, we're going to, you're going to have to hand the podcast off to somebody else and I know. you're going to be the guest. I know. Well, hey, maybe my intern that hasn't yet applied working to edit episodes with who still I'm looking for an editor. So please reach out. Maybe I can pass the torch to them, but you know, I don't know until they reply. So get with yeah, it. So guys, if you want to maybe in the future host this thing, yeah, be an intern. Yeah. Start editing. Yeah, or to ask someone if they know someone who knows someone and hit us up at Screenwriters PC on Twitter and be like, hey, I'm ready to Actually, start editing. Actually, yeah, there, I know a lot of people in the podcast industry uh, that have um, kind of parlayed producerdoms and editorial into their own podcasts and vice versa. You mm -hmm. know, they prefer working behind the scenes, but they started with their own podcast. So mm -hmm. it's a big industry, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm oh, you know, fiction podcasts are a big industry too. That's if we could get a fiction podcast writer, mm. that would be a great 2022 yeah. get, I think, because it's a yeah. different, it's like, it's like old school radio, like the shadow. Yeah. Um, so much fun. You know, but one of our it, guests is doing one now. I, I don't want to like, I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, talk about this, but one of our season wow. one guests is doing a fictional podcast that when I've been talking to him and he's just fantastic. Well, if if he wants to come back and talk about it, because I think that's another great avenue. Um, if there are any screenwriters listening that think that maybe, you know, doing an audio only would be a entertaining derivation of their talents, then, um, you know, it's a big industry. There's a lot out there. There's contests specifically for fiction podcasts. It's a big industry. Huge, huge industry. And talk about writing, just writing, like a writer writes. There are so many new ways to get your horror writing out there. One of which I have been getting really into, and it's like the Reddit threads, like the no sleep Reddit threads, the yeah, creepypastas. The creepypastas. Creepypastas. Really? All of that so you're stuff. over cave drawings as a way of storytelling? I'm, I'm or way, past that? yeah, I'm past the okay. cave drawings as of last week, but I'm on to creepypastas and no sleep and Reddits because Got I it. actually figured out how to download the reddit app which is wonderful i think it's <laughs> i think it's just fantastic Good, uh, 15 years later <laughs> 15 years later i finally signed up but they, the girl there's doesn't some, have twitter but that's yeah exactly there's some amazing things on there and things are getting optioned from these reddit groups i've heard of they horror are. movies getting optioned from just the stories on no sleep i've even heard of movies getting optioned from twitter threads yeah, yeah. Didn't that movie, that non-horror movie, but it was like that, uh, what was it? Um, Lola, or Lo Lola, was it called? I actually don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, there was an, uh, some sort of like I Heart Lola or some something like that screenplay thread that just got made into like an A24 movie, which, uh, you know, I heard is doing what it's doing. But there's a lot of avenues right now to get your stuff read. Yeah, absolutely. I know um, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is called Scared to Death, and um, they get a lot of their kind of true life horror stories. They'll look at Reddit and um, they're really good about vetting for credibility, but they're all spooky stories that come from Reddit. And so they're being featured there and a lot of other places too. Channel Zero did the creepypasta. Each season was a different creepypasta story. Uh -huh. And I think you're thinking of Zola. Ah, uh, Zola, not Lola. <laughs> Her name was Lola. She was a she shaker. was a Twitter thread. It was a and Zola. <laughs> yeah, it's Zola, not Lola. Yeah, Zola. No, I did thread. just Google that. That wasn't something I retained right, from. Any right. Sort well, of that's memory. what it. That's what it was. That's what it was. But yeah, yeah I mean, these are cool. I even in for myself in, around Halloween time. One of the uh, blogs in New York City. I think it's like the Time Out uh, magazine or something like that. Does a blog where you can write scary stories and I always do it every year just for fun and they feature like the scariest ones and people vote on them oh. but they're, they're really exciting so I, I love doing that. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. It's a lot of fun every year. So next year, maybe we'll post that. But yeah, our guest today is actually one such person who uh, talk about just writing no matter what. She she also writes for uh, Trash Zines. Have you ever heard of Trash Zines? Well, I've, I've heard of like Splatterpunk stories, which mm. sounds the same, like, but Splatterpunk is a magazine, but kind of that same thread where they have that kind of trauma feel to them, I guess. Right, right. So that's a good way to describe it. But I'm psyched to talk to her about this very topic because it's such a a big world that's opening up. I personally don't want to deviate from writing features and I like to spend time doing that. But if you don't feel like the feature kind of person and you're a horror writer and you know you want to be a tell horror stories and try to get them into movies i mean like go on no sleep and just play around and cut your teeth on some of this kind of yeah you can even beta test ideas beta test yeah beta test test your creepy pasta creepy pasta beta yeah but you know make sure you get some sort of copyright trademark on that stuff because you know any once it's out there anyone could take it yeah yeah test out your idea that's actually a really good idea to go on there That's and test idea. out your your scary story idea and see what people think of it and maybe then you can start the screenplay who knows give you more like fodder to start it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's introduce today's guest what do you say yes please m burger or magdalene burger is a writer director producer storyteller slash latina based in austin texas her most recent short film cleanse won best supernatural horror short at the women in horror film festival in atlanta and is screened at various festivals internationally such as out on film in atlanta Inside Out in Toronto, that's a lot of outs, Final Girls in Berlin, and Horror House Film Festival in LA. She's also a horror fiction writer, and her work can be found in various trash zines throughout the South. Follow the progress of her next short on Instagram at m.burger.writer. And without further ado, hey, Magdalene, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's just start right off. Whether you know it or not, your work across the board is kind of the stuff of legend. I, I don't know if you have, you know, you have this reputation as sort of a legend in the like zine world, the short story world. I'm sure you kind of know you there's buzzings about that. Who is Magdalene Berger at the end of the day? Yeah, uh, I actually think that I fit into that really, uh, I guess that cliche of like the girl that works at your office, but then secretly goes home and like writes horrible stuff. Um, I think that's always kind of where I fall because I think, um, so I've always would love to have made writing my full-time career, obviously, but I think that, you know, the reality of living in the world today means that I've always had to have kind of a nine to five to make sure that I was able to, um, you know, have the things that I like, like food. And so at least for me, I definitely have like that major separation between my like office Maggie persona and my like writer persona. And I think that um, these zines, like these places around Austin where folks, you know, for a while before COVID, we would actually go into coffee shops and we would write our zines from scratch and like watch somebody like stitch them together and then photocopy them and hand them out all over Austin. At first it started as this thing that was kind of a secret and it was underground and it was something that I could do to express myself, but also was still 
not something that would necessarily fall into the lap of my boss. <laughs> kind of sounds like you have this split personality. And so when you get into that writing persona, your second self of horror person, um, how do you approach writing? You know, cause you do the trash zine horror. And also how close is that to like splatter punk? I would be curious to know for people who kind of don't know what differentiates the different literary types of horror. Like what is your approach and tell us about those different approaches and types. Yeah, I would say that when I first kind of started writing, I was writing a lot more uh, trash, kind of like punk horror. And it was more, I would say, like the key determiner for me was reaction. I was just trying to get a reaction. I was just trying to see how far I could push things, especially things that weren't in a very cliche way. For example, uh, one of the stories that I wrote that was one of the stories that ended up being in my collection of short stories is called Canyon. And it's about a post-apocalyptic world in the future where the human civilization has been reduced to just a big mass of eating fucking cannibalistic bodies in the Grand Canyon. And it's mm -hmm. from the point of view of somebody who crawls out of that big goopy mass for the very first time and stands on top of the canyon and looks down at what humanity has become. And I think that for me, I just wanted to push things. I just wanted to write things like I had never seen before. And so that was really kind of like my sole focus that. And I also think I was leaning a lot more into kind of like a humor aspect. I wanted a reaction. I wanted people to laugh. I wanted people to really just feel the absurdity of what I was trying to communicate. Whereas actually more interestingly, I would say my film work is a lot more serious. My film work is a lot, I would say more magical realism, a lot more dramatic. I would say that we, we actually struggled in our film festival circuit because we had a lot of horror festivals coming back to us and saying, this isn't horror. And I was like, uh, there's tentacles and blood everywhere. I'm pretty sure it's horror. But to <laughs> them, because the pacing was so slow, because it was more of a drama, because none of the special effects really even took place until three quarters into the film, uh, for them, they were like, this is more of a thriller. I would classify this as thriller or drama. Uh, but for me, I, I felt like it sat very squarely in, in horror, uh, which I would also argue that a lot of magical realism is horror. Uh, and so I guess it's kind of where you fall on that, that argument would be your answer. These ideas are crazy. I mean, I, I've read some of the premises of the short stories from your collection of short stories. Where do those ideas come from? How do you come up with massive bodies in the Grand Canyon? Yeah, that's a great question. I think at least at that time, you know, one of the things that I was really focused on was making sure that I got an emotion across. And so at least with the bodies in the canyon, which the name of the short story is called Canyon, it was really honestly about crawling out of a depressive state. Um, I had just gotten out of an incredibly abusive relationship and uh, had just graduated college. And I was just really, really deep in a hole of depression and really trying to kind of crawl my way out and figure out what the world even had for me. And, you know, I think we all know the experience of either leaving high school or leaving college. And you've had this set structure of adults telling you what to do for most of your life. And then suddenly they just kind of throw you out and they're like, OK, we did it. You're done. Fist pump. Go get a job. And you're like, what? Wait, I didn't even know how to feed myself a few years ago. And so I think that uh, at least for me, a lot of those stories, especially those in the collection, are really about dealing with those deep scary, dark places inside of you um, and just coming up with new and interesting ways to connect 
Um, specifically with Canyon, I've had some amazing feedback from people. I had somebody walk up to me and ask me if it was a metaphor for evolution. And I was like, uh, that's not what I intended, but that's way cooler than what I intended. So sure. <laughs> All the interpretations, because sometimes as an artist, you kind of let go and just let the audience have their interpretation of it, right? 100%. Yeah, I never, I never tell anybody that they're wrong, especially the more chaotic their ideas are, the better. I like that. So when you are like gripped by an idea like that, and now that you've been doing more screenplays, do you have a process for determining what's going to be a short story versus a screenplay? Do they overlap sometimes where you start with a story and decide it should be a screenplay or vice versa? Any, how does that look? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think at least for me, I typically can tell pretty early on in the idea, whether it's a short story or whether it's a screenplay. I normally try not to box in an idea up front. I actually got to see uh, Midsommar when it's premiered with a Q&A from Ari Aster. And I thought that his approach was really amazing. And so I've also kind of started thinking of it that way, where he was saying that, you know, when he created Midsommar, he immediately, he thought of the May Queen at the very end in the big dress. That was one of the like key images in his brain when he started. He thought about the suicide scene with the sister and like the really um, horrifically beautiful, like, you know, uh, tubing leading from her to the garage. Like he had already seen those things when he was going into writing the script. And so I typically start with a strong emotion or a strong vision, kind of like, uh, I guess, like visual similar to that. And then as I start to dive deeper and think to myself, who is this character? Is this a secondary character, a primary character? How does this character feel? What is leading this character to be in this position? Um, a lot of times I can typically tell whether it's a short story or a screenplay based on how deep into the character I want to go. So normally when I find myself trying to write a script and I find myself all I want to do is really explain the character's inner monologue. And when I feel like I really want to be that character and I feel like there's just um, a lot that's being missed because I'm, I want to give more direction, I want more control, I want to be able to really point the audience's face where I want it, that's when I typically go for a short story because then I'm able to really like go deep into what the character's thinking, go deep into their emotional state, why they're making the choices that they're making. But when I want something that's a little bit more visual, something where I think you have a little bit more access to like that surprise element, at least for me with film, I typically go towards a more visual, like that visual screenplay writing direction. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but at least in my brain, it does. There feels like there's a clear division. It definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, short screenplays and short stories often, you know, in my experience, seeing short screenplays, I think more so recently that they've been kind of getting, you know, more exposure on different channels, but we can talk about that in a second. But like, they often stay as short screenplays or short, short stories, like not just in the horror genre, but across the board. How many have you actually written at this point? And we're talking screenplays. I mean, I guess, I guess take it from screenplays, how many you've written and also short stories, how many you've written. And is there a gratification appeal that you found from simply creating them without them getting produced and, and having them stand alone as, as standalone entities, specifically the short screenplays, not the short stories? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you one more division even further, which is stuff that I've written for myself and stuff that I've written for other people. So for example, you know, I've had folks reach out to me for like web series and they're like, hey, we're doing like a horror web series. I had someone reach out and they wanted to do something Christmas themed. And so they were like, can you write like a few one to two page 
Christmas themed horror things. And I don't really count those because those are just like fun brain exercises for me. Whereas I think the stuff that really almost quote unquote counts as the stuff that I'm writing for myself, which to me means something that I will actually probably something that I would like to direct. And so from that point of view, I would say I've probably written a good between 10 and 20 short films. I, the only reason why there's so much like difference is because I did write kind of a web series at a point that was very similar to Faces of Death, where it was like a bunch of really, really short things or like VHS. It was kind of like a collection. Um, and so within that one, I wrote like the first couple episodes and I think each one had maybe five or six in them, but like probably 10 very solid screenplays that I could see myself actually taking that screenplay and turning it into a film and directing it and getting money for it and moving forward. And of those 10, I would say I've probably only made one just because, you know, of the ridiculous cost entry point with film. And so I'm hoping to make another short film next year, but it's, it's the money, really the money is what it comes down to. Whereas with short stories, I think I ended up writing 40 for the collection and only 20 made it in. So I've written about 40 and then plus like all the zine stuff, I, I would say we could go into like, probably go into like maybe the 40s, 50s for collection of short stories. And I will say at least for the short fiction stuff, it is a little bit easier and there is kind of a almost like quick hit of adrenaline with those. Whereas with the screenplays, it's just so much more of a laborious process to pull that to the finish line. I do feel myself getting bogged down. I also have a very limited attention span, which is why most of my stuff is short. What about adapting to a screenplay? Have you adapted one of your short stories to a screenplay, like to a short screenplay, then to a feature? Or have you ever thought about adapting a sh like one of your short stories to a f feature length screenplay? Or have you done that already? It just hasn't been made. I haven't done it, but it's in my brain. I definitely have adapted a couple of my short stories uh, to screenplays. Uh, none of them have been made, but it's something that I've been considering. I think one of the one of the options for next year's short is one of my adapted short stories. I think that in the process that we talked about a little earlier that you asked, Katie, you know, like what becomes a screenplay, what becomes a script? I think that right there in that decision-making point, there are some stories that really overlap and could be either. And I think that it really just depends on where I'm at and what I'm feeling in the moment. And so with one of the potential shorts, I believe it's called Love Bites, or it's not Love Bites, it's the, uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. We'll just go with Love Bites because it's about a guy who goes on a date with a girl and then bites her face off. So oh, close wow. enough. Not to be confused by that. <laughs> what is, was that Winona Ryder or something and Ben Affleck? Or there was some old okay. 90s movie called <clears throat> 90s. Love Bites. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Reality <laughs> Bites. You're thinking of reality. Oh, Reality, reality bites. bites. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> something biting something. I think there is yeah. a vampire movie called Love Bites. I there must know. be because Love Bites sure. feels like too good of a title. I'm pretty sure I didn't write that. So I think that's, that's, somebody else's, <laughs> that's somebody else's title. And I also don't think that I used Bites in the title because I feel like that probably would have given too much away. Mm. Doesn't matter. That's probably one of one of the ones that's like up for grabs. And that was started off as a short story that was written for a zine. And then mm -hmm. it became time for me to start thinking about creating another short film. And that was one of the contenders because it's so visual, because it's so short. It's two people in a room, so we would only have to have one set, two actors, that automatically, you know, it's hard sometimes to take that producer hat off 
especially when you're writing screenplays. It definitely is. We talked a little bit about this before we started the show, but there's this movement going on with like Reddit and the likes of like creepy pastas. They, they started out kind of things and then also like the no sleep Reddit. Does a horror writer's screenplay even need to be produced anymore? Can they just stand alone on these different channels and just get enjoyment from people? And the second part of that question is, do you think that a writer even needs to make it into a screenplay anymore to get attention from Hollywood or get attention from a producer to be made into an actual feature? Because I've heard these success stories about, you know, stories being found on No Sleep and just short stories and then just turn, being turned into a film. I think there was that one, what was it? Channel recently. Zero. Channel Zero, but there was another one too that I that I heard recently that happened and a producer's like scan these boards and just read these four ideas for full concepts. And then they just find another writer to do a screenplay of it. I've never had Hollywood come knocking, hint, hint, wink, wink. Yet. I would love that yet, but I'm very lucky to have some friends who have, and at least in those situations, Honestly, I feel like social media and their social media presence seems to have done them nothing but good. I'm specifically thinking of my friend, Megan, who she ended up directing a couple of shorts based on New York Times editorial pieces. And she translated those pieces into um, essentially visuals to accompany the piece. And they were lucky enough to get uh, John Hamm to do the voiceover for it. And it ended up being this really amazing piece called Don't Date My Daughter, but really it's, it's secretly woke. That's how she got her her attention. And that's how she started, started kind of like starting talking to more, I guess that's more TV, but that's how she started talking to more agents and talent and how she's been able to kind of like start to jumpstart her situation. So I don't think that it can hurt. What I think it hurts, at least um, when it comes to posting screenplays online, is like that structure really works against you when you're not using that visual medium to back it up. Um, I, at least for me, I don't particularly enjoy reading scripts blank by themselves, you know, like clearly that there's a reason why that structure is what it is. And it's because it's in preparation for something cooler that's about to come. But I mean, you could easily take a short script and put it in like podcast format. And that might also be interesting. You could like record a table read of something. I've seen somebody do that before. But at least from a social media perspective, it does feel like a lot of the short films that were really big two or three years ago on YouTube now suddenly have feature opportunities. I'm also thinking about uh, Don't Breathe. That one got their feature, I think, like a couple years ago. And before that, they were a viral short. Maybe it's not Don't Breathe. It's the it's the light switch one. They got their own feature. Oh, Lights um, Out. Lights yes, Out. Lights yeah, out. That's, right. that's one of them. Um, but I mean, that was the famous short before it was really anything else. What is your process for getting your stuff seen and out there by the right people? Do you have like a strategy and an approach to do that stuff? So great question. I will say that I'm kind of in a different place than most of my most of my friends in that my goal right now isn't necessarily to level up as much as it is to make work that is interesting to me. But that is because I have a stable full-time job and I I'm in a place for the first time where I can be really picky and choosy where I put my time and where I put my effort. But I would say that at least for our last festival run, 
there were definitely some opportunities that came out of that that I think I could have followed up a little bit more clearly. This is such a hard question because I think it depends on what your definition of success is. You know, maybe I'm bringing too much of my professional tech self into this. (laughs) I don't even think you have to be successful in doing it. I'm just curious about like when you finish a work, when you finish like a screenplay or finish a short story and want to pitch it to someone and make it into something or have this like intense passion that this has to be made, where do you go next? Do you make like a spreadsheet of like, all the managers and agents and producers that you want to send the script to, do you do a pitch deck? Do you write pitches out? Do you do an outline to pitch that? What what is your like pitch plan for once these things are done? Do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, I would say, honestly, the first thing I do is I put together a production design visual deck because that's my other passion is production design. I think production design is so important. And so I would say after I finished the script and I was thinking like, yes, I definitely want to get this made. The first thing I would do would be to pull it into some kind of deck, something that I could show people. The next thing I would do would be probably to find a producer. Thankfully, I have a few producers in my brain who owe me some favors that I've been secretly collecting in my heart and waiting to use them. (laughs) So uh, next year, I'll probably call in a few of those favors. And so that would probably be my next thing is I would probably shop it to a few of the producers I know and find if to see if there was anybody that was really interested or really passionate about the project or it really touched somebody. The last film that we made, we did do some crowdsourcing. Um, I would probably not do that again. This time around, I think that just out of some some relationship building that I've done, I probably would go internally to my tech professional world and see if I could get some investment there. Just because, you know, money is always the determining factor whether anything gets made. And then I also, thankfully, I'm just really lucky to know somebody who works at Seed and Spark. And so I would probably end up doing some level of crowdsourcing just to be able to get that publicity and to be able to get that like name recognition. And then also to be able to like utilize that touch point. Honestly, I think most of my friends who are making features right now did it through crowdsourcing. Um, And the only reason why their crowdsourcing was successful was because they knew people and they had done like the pre-networking up front. Um, in order to make that campaign successful. I had a question about, because I did see that you have produced um, work in the past. Uh, there was the short, it was a documentary anthology with animated shorts. Um, yes. I'm forgetting the title. Um, sweet, sweet so, kink. Like, sweet, sweet kink, yes. So I'm curious, like when you're look, thinking about this project next year, are you like in a position where you want, you want to write direct produce? You want to wear all of the hats or do you want to kind of back off from it and just say I'm directing and writing? Where is your scope, I guess, is, for this project? Yeah. um, So I would say I probably will end up producing at least in pre-production. I think when it's important to like super step back is during actual production. I was very lucky for my last short film. I had an amazing producer who basically pulled me aside at one point and said, you need to choose whether you're going to produce or direct this. And I really hope that you choose to direct it. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I'm stepping back. Yeah. There's your take, take your job back. And I think that was because it was my first time directing a uh, narrative. I had done documentary before that and have done documentary since, but it was my first time directing narrative. And so I think I was just kind of going to my safe zone, which was producing. And so I think that 
at least in the future, I would hope that uh, I would have another amazing producer like that again. I would like to direct and write and also be, be able to spend a lot more time with production design. I think that that's something that I wish I would have done with my last film. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and every single film that you make is a learning process. I think for my last short narrative film that I made, the biggest things that I learned were how to balance my time better and also just uh, where... I really want to shine as a director. Like what are the pieces that really make my films, my films. And I think that that's only something that you can learn the more that you direct. Whereas the last couple documentary pieces that I worked on, really what I was learning about was just cameras and lighting. I didn't get an MFA or do any kind of school in film. I've kind of had to do it all myself and learn it all myself. And so the last couple of projects have really just been about like, buying a camera, learning a camera, understanding lighting a lot better. And so I think for this next short film, um, I'm excited to be more prepared. And I feel like I have a, a ton more in my arsenal, um, which will make me feel, I think, a little bit more secure and being able to step back and say, producers, do your producing job. I have so much creative that I have to worry about now um, that I'm really excited to touch. Whereas before, I think I was just kind of scared. So I was hoping that by stacking my crew with the right people that I could just kind of step back. And now this time, I, I think I plan to be a lot more hands-on. Yeah. Well, before I let Katie ask the final question, I, I want to ask you first, where can one go to see the things you already have out there right now that you've worked so hard on? And then also talk to us about like what's next for you, what we can expect from you down the line. Yeah. So uh, if you go to my Instagram at m period burger period writer in my link tree you can have access to my Vimeo um, I have a few shorts in there that are a little bit older but you definitely can see that I've also linked to my photography account since I've figured out how to use a camera. I've been doing more photography stuff. Next year I will probably hopefully do another short film. I'm currently working on that script. Um, I recently have been doing a lot of reading about um, intuitive eating, haze, fat phobia, that kind of stuff. And so I've been thinking about doing another um, body horror piece because that seems to be what I really enjoy. Oh my gosh, I'm and so then, obsessed with that haze movement. Like I went through too. that rabbit hole a couple months ago and it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And I also think that, uh, you know, I just finished reading or I just finished Maintenance Phase, which is an amazing podcast if you need to learn more about that. And I just finished reading her book, uh, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat. Just being able to reframe some of my prior medical experiences, like I've never felt comfortable going to the doctor. I don't know really anybody who loves going to the doctor. Um, but to find out and to really like be able to crack apart and see some of the more statistically based evidence showing that our doctors are human and they actually have their own prejudices and biases that we don't necessarily account for when we walk in, when we walk in that's terrifying to me. So I think that my last short film cleanse also took place in kind of a physical therapy clinic and there was kind of a medical overlay to it. And I'm of a feeling the next one will too. And it will probably be another body horror because I do love body horror. And then I also have a memoir that I'm finishing in the, I'm in the process of finishing right now that I wrote in COVID um, that I'll probably start shopping to agents come next February, March. Always like to cap everything off with arguably the most important question of the day, which is Maggie, what scares you? You know what really scares me? And this is like the only, this is the only genre of horror movie that I don't really watch. Zombies really scare me. 
and not just zombies, but 28 days later, zombies scare me. They run being stuck in that place with people I don't like forever because if I step outside, I'm going to get like eaten. Since the pandemic has started, I've had a lot of zombie nightmares and I was forced to sit down and watch Train to Busan once. And it was a horrific experience. And I will never watch that movie again. They're out there among us. Just want to <laughs> Uh, when you go, when you put your head on the pillow tonight, Ugh. lock your doors tight. <laughs> you are the real. Oh my gosh, Patrick. Okay, all right, enough of that. But We're seriously, not yeah, to scare our guests. I know. I, 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 yeah, right. no, actually, we scare her is the real answer. Hey, that's what zombie movies are all about: as people, right? Most of the horror comes from how we react in those situations. See, your dog is barking because there's a zombie outside the door. So you better lock don't up. listen to him. <laughs> It's okay. I know he's wrong because Henry only barks at the Amazon guy. Uh, literally, I've like, I said, my there's door a, like I said, there's a zombie outside sleep. the door. The zombie may be holding a box with an arrow on it, but it's still there. Now that would uh, be a great story. Amazon delivery zombies. Oh my God. You know what? We've come up with some great ideas on this show, like really good ideas just from random things like that. So I'm, I'm telling you, people are listening to the show and stealing ideas. We're going to see movies about like Amazon zombies. Amazombies. I mean, it's Solid. a great title. title. Amazing. It's going to happen. We're going to all get sued by, uh, what's his name? Bezos. Bezos. Freaking Bezos. Everyone's suing us. Aaron Sorkin's suing us. Steve Bezos is suing us. We're done. We're over. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us on the show of course yeah, this yeah is it was really it was a real joy i mean like we just loved hearing we haven't had anyone on the show yet that wrote short stories as well and for these trash scenes so can we find these somewhere or do we have to like go to a store and like a drugstore and find them on the shelf or do they exist um, online anywhere i don't know if any of them exist online to be honest i would say if you are in austin texas and you go to radio cafe and talk to andrew hilbert he should have some copies under the desk <laughs> That's so cool. I, that is so cool. Like in this day and age, that might be all I got. In this day and age, that that actually is the only way to get something is so exciting to me. That makes me want it so much more. That you have to go to like a guy behind the desk with the password. Like that's that's the real stuff right there. Yeah, either that or if you want some of the stories, you know, I like I said, I need to republish my collection of short stories. But if you want to hit me up on Instagram, I'm happy to ship you an old version i have a ton of copies just sitting uh in my closet so either uh i can email so yeah i guess those are your options either you come to austin and go to radio cafe and ask andrew hilbert if he has one behind the counter or you reach out to me on instagram and i'll mail you a hmm. copy of my oh you can, or you can those like send away send away for it remember when people used to send yeah. away for things that's that's the modern exactly. day equivalent of sending away for it is for your work this is exciting is. i i think yeah. i think that needs to happen i'm gonna i'm gonna try it yeah I'm you'll be hearing it. from me i already started <laughs> following you like in the interview Perfect. while you were talking i went and found you on instagram we're so. all following you now maggie <laughs> no Maggie's... See, that's two little kid ghosts i'm not scared of those <laughs> <laughs> 
Maggie, thanks again for joining us uh, today, and um, we'll we'll hit you up down the road and and see what what great things you're doing and um, have an update. We're gonna I know we're gonna I want to do like an update episode, like you know how um what's that show um America's Most Wanted? They do like the updates, like update or like unsolved mysteries, like updated episode. You know, or this how is where sometimes this person... it's just a where are they now? Exactly. Like, it doesn't so we're gonna... always have to be an unsolved mystery. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but it just reminds me of of like that style. But yeah, we're gonna do an update episode where we like follow up with all of the guests we've had on see where where are they now you know like that kind of thing so we'll catch up with you down the road great that sounds great i love that you used um america's most wanted you could have used literally anything else like literally every show <laughs> I don't know. has it updates and my so mind, it, like boom boom in my head you're, you're america's most wanted writer <laughs> better than, yeah yeah better than better than america's funniest home videos because they did that yeah. there too like where are they now it's like 50 years old they're still hitting them in the balls with a you know baseball bat <laughs> jesus oh, man. and didn't those always win always won the they damn one always want trampolines, dogs on trampolines and hitting people in the nuts with things. Definitely won every yeah. single American. Anyway, thanks again, Maggie. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, y'all. I feel like we should play the what is that All Lang Syne song right now because it's like the cha cha cha. Okay, that was a interesting rendition of that song. I enjoyed talking to Magdalene about her, this trash zine world, this no sleep world, this world that's underground where people are creating and writing horror that's scaring the shit out of people. It's it's under the surface and it just is a, an app download away for Reddit. So check that out. I mean, I think it's, it's a really cool forum. It's a cool place to try some of your writing out. What do you think? I'd never even thought of like taking it to a Reddit or anything like that when it comes to my writing and I know as something since I've been focusing more on just straight fiction. Yeah, the idea of writing for like a trash zine is so exciting. I loved hearing about her just, I mean, churning out stories and the, the way she comes up with those really visceral examples of internal turmoil. We're obsessed with it. We're horror fans. Um, but <laughs> we're, we are. We are. I, I love hearing how that manifests and how we can get in touch with that. And I do think writing, you get that ability to look behind the curtain, think of thoughts, think of expanding that universe inside a character's head. I think bringing that to screen is a skill, like a page to screen is a skill, but I just like having the freedom to write it myself and have that control sometimes too. So I loved hearing her talk about the differences that she experiences between the two different mediums. Yeah, I agree. Super captivating as well. And look, we're moving on into 2022. We're we're yeah. we're hitting the ground running with Magdalene. I thought that was fab. Um, and we've got some great guests coming up. I, I actually am going to do an episode with Aaron McLean, my co-writer. It's just going to be me and Aaron. Uh, well, Katie takes a little bit of a break on one of the weeks. I don't know which week we're going to choose it, but uh, we'll talk about our new screenplay daughters, our process, some of the things we went into with that screenplay. We'll do a little like shameless plug on that and what we're working on for the future. But I'm, I'm psyched about that. And you can be a listener, Katie. You just be an actor. Oh, I will listener. absolutely be a listener because I know I've been rooting for this episode to happen for you and Aaron to just, you know, shoot the shit and uh, yeah. talk about your awesome screenplay because I've had the benefit of reading it and hearing the process that came with that is going to be very awesome. Very good compliment. You should include it in your lookbook. Like the, here's yeah. an interview with us talking about our process. Yeah. I don't know. That might be boring. Uh, that's but, actually uh, not a bad idea. I, I don't mind tooting my horn in that way at all. Mm -hmm. 
I think that would be really fun. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. We'll we'll talk and download on that. And uh, yeah, we're we're moving along. We're writing. We're you know interviewing. We're going to bring you some more episodes for this season, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But until next week, you can find us at Screenwriters PC on Twitter. You can hit us up on Instagram at Screenwriters Podcast. You can find us online on the World Wide Web at ScreenwritersPodcast.com. Uh, where else can you find us? Facebook. We're on there too. Say hi. We love talking to you. If you want to be a guest on the show, come on. If you want to be an intern to edit all of our episodes, join up, say hello. And until next week's episode, keep writing. And stay scared. 